Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider, and you can listen to the full episode plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Mike Barra with us, New York Times best-selling author, lecturer, television personality. He has sold thousands upon thousands of books worldwide. He began his writing career after spending more than 25 years as an engineering designer, consultant for major aerospace companies where he was a card-carrying member of the military-industrial complex. He's described as a born-again conspiracy theorist and a regular contributor here on Coast to Coast. Here he is, Mike Barra. Mike, what an inspirational speech that Kennedy speech was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty amazing to hear, George. I mean, it's been, you know, obviously a really long time. But, you know, our leaders rarely speak like that anymore. Um, And we rarely have that sort of perfect, you know, national vision that we're all united behind. I mean, it was really, really an incredible moment. And of course, it manifested itself uh, about nine years later, you know, on a day that I can still remember, not that I was even born in 1916, but but I can still remember um, the moon landing. And it, it, it remains, you know, I think the most extraordinary event in human history, certainly most extraordinary event I've ever you know, been aware of. Oh, it, it was amazing. And even watching that, those foggy television pictures that were coming back from the moon were just so dramatic because you just, you didn't know. You thought if he jumps off that lunar module, is he going to sink in the dust of the moon or what's going to happen? But the modular, it's okay. It looks like it's on sound footing. It was really exciting, Mike. Yeah, it was, and of course they were they were deliberately um, dirty, gross, difficult to watch pictures. I mean, they did that on on purpose for various reasons we've discussed before, because they really were concerned about what we might be able to see in the background, and that was uh, that was a big uh, concern at the time. So the the pictures were a whole lot worse than they they needed to be. And I, I remember it's very distinct. I remember my dad was an engineer at Boeing, pretty pretty um, well placed guy. Yeah. And I remember, you know, saying, Dad, why are we only getting this lousy black and white picture? <laughs> we have a color TV. Why isn't it color? And he said, you know, son, I really don't know. And I think actually that was one of the first moments in my life that I started to become a conspiracy theorist and question things, George, because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And it turned out, we found out years later, they, they had a perfectly good um, color television camera that they were ordered not to take to the lunar surface with them. They were specifically ordered, do not take this camera down there. And, and uh, you know, that, that starts a whole separate thing of mm-hmm. what did we find on the moon and, you know, what were we really after, what were the true objectives of Apollo, um, which, which does relate to the conversation we're going to have tonight. What do you think of some, uh, some people who have said that they have been to the moon, uh, that they've been there, oh, there are bases there, they've been to Mars, Pretty wild stories, Mike. Well, they really are wild stories, and the thing about them is, is that they're great stories. But there's no substantiation for any of them. We we really can't look at any of the images we've got from the moon or from Mars and say that there's anything active there. And you know, I have made a little bit of a living, um, basically talking about this stuff and talking about what I do see in orbital photographs from um, from Mars and from the moon, and even some of the rovers and things on Mars, what they've taken images of, but. 
everything I've seen is ruined. Everything I've seen is in ruins. It's ancient. It's been there for at least hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of years. And it's not anything new or recent. So these stories that we actually have a, a secret base there now, we've got multiple secret bases. I mean, they're stories. They've been around forever, but there's just really nothing to back them up at this point other than do you believe the person telling the story is sincere or not? I normally will do my uh, annual JFK assassination show as we get close to the November 22nd anniversary date, but this one's different. Uh, Tom was saying, you got to read this book from Mike, Ancient Aliens and JFK, and I know at the Contact in the Desert uh, we talked about the, your latest work as well. Let's bring in the JFK part of this because the title itself tells you volumes, Ancient Aliens and JFK. What's that mean? Well, it means basically that Kennedy knew before we ever went to the moon, before he ever declared that it was going to be the mission of our nation to go to the moon, that there was stuff there. There was extraterrestrial artifacts on the moon. He knew that well in advance. He knew that there was an alien presence, and I think that we can convincingly um, make that argument now. So he was extremely well aware of the fact that there absolutely was something to be found there. And in fact, I think, you know, my premise is that what really happened was is he kind of found himself frozen out by what we would now call the, the deep state and decided to launch the Apollo program as a means of getting his hands, the civilian government's hands, on this technology. And I think in the hopes of um, reversing it for our own public secret space program. So, you know, I mean, that's really what happened, and I think it's really clear from from the stuff that I was able to dig up and the research I did that Kennedy really knew his way around the extraterrestrial question. The subtitle of the book is also fascinating, The Race to the Moon and the Kennedy Assassination. Mm-hmm. And you tie in the possibility that he knew too much or he was going to say too much. He, it was both things, George. He, he knew too much. He was going to say too much is, is both of those things. And, and even worse than that, which I think is really the key point, is not only did he know too much and was he going to say too much, he was going to share everything that we found with the Russians, with the Soviets. And, and you know, it's amazing. Here we are. What is it, 49 years later? 49 um, this week. 49 this, this week in a couple days. Years later, and, you know, the Russians are still the big boogeyman. And, in fact, um, you know, Kennedy was trying to cooperate with Russia on the trip to the moon because he wanted to find a way to bring um, a larger peace to the planet Earth and not have the Cold War and not have the constant small brush fire wars that are, that are just, you know, constantly feeding our economy, it seems like. So he was very determined to put an end to that. And, you know, it's interesting because it didn't really include it in in the book, except at the very end, there, there is actually a text of a speech that Kennedy was supposedly going to give at some point when we got back from the moon or got artifacts back or something along those lines before we even left. And he was going to tell people that there were aliens. And it's interesting when you read the actual text of the speech because it, it is kind of in Kennedy's voice. It sounds like what Kennedy would say, and it's very much in um, in accordance with the the speech that you just played a little bit earlier in the introdu- introductory mm-hmm. segment, it sounds like Kennedy. And there is even one rumor that insists, and of course this is like just this just a story, just like some of the other stories we just talked about. But there's even a rumor that that he was going to give that speech actually at the Dallas Trademark, which is where he was heading to to give a speech speech when he was assassinated in in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. 
Yeah, I was, that speech I just played was September 1962 at Rice University. So a little more than a, a year later, he got assassinated. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that was, um, it had everything to do with what he knew, when he knew it, what he was going to do about it, and who he was going to tell, which is basically everybody. So that that's really what got him into trouble. And, you know, there's so many different reasons that people wanted Kennedy dead. You know, I, I think there was a... There's a great book out by a comedian named Richard Belzer about 20 years ago. Yeah, I know Richard well. He's a yeah, okay, but do you? Okay. Yeah. Well, give him my kudos because he, he, made, he made one of the greatest statements I think ever in the book. He said it wasn't a question of who, of who wanted to kill Kennedy. It's a question of who didn't want to kill Kennedy because you had the Federal Reserve. Um, the mob people, wanted yeah. him out. Yeah, you know, the mob wanted him. CIA was upset. Yeah. CIA, and you know, I think CIA was though really as, as I went through the book and I really started you know, digging into the details. I think CIA was part of the whole MJ-12 CIA aspect of it. There was there was a, something there for sure. Um, you know, it, if not just from the fact that, that Oswald was obviously associated with the CIA here and there. So, um, you know, there was a lot of different people that wanted him gone. And, you know... Jimmy Hoffa wanted him out. Who was that? Jimmy Hoffa wanted him out. Jimmy Hoffa wanted him out. And, of course, Bobby Kennedy was was causing all kinds of problems for the mob. But... You know, I think um, I think ultimately the final straw was when he actually started putting things in motion to share space technology, space secrets, and of course the ancient alien artifacts that we were going to find on the moon with the Russians. When once he said, "I'm going to do that," and he actually started putting his plan uh, into motion, he started implementing the plan within about ten days of him issuing certain uh, national security orders. He was dead along those lines. Mike. So it, it, how much do you think JFK knew? What what did he know? Well, he knew he knew an awful lot. I mean, there's a, actually there's a, a really good book by um, by Dr. Michael Sala, which is um, JFK's Last Stand or John F. Kennedy's Last Stand, which kind of does some of the background on this. And then mm-hmm. I actually completely independently found a lot of the same information, although I do quote Michael a little bit in that book, in my book. Um, but it's very clear that through his association with James Forrestal, who was the first Secretary of Defense, former Secretary of the Navy, a family friend of the Kennedys, and of course a founding member of MJ-12, who was himself almost certainly murdered for what he was going to say about the extraterrestrial presence. It was through that association, I believe, with James Forrestal that Kennedy learned pretty much everything he knew about the alien presence on Earth and their objectives and everything the government knew. And like Forrestal, he believed and agreed that not just the American people, but the entire world had the right to know about it and the right to know what was going on. And did Forrestal kill himself? What happened to him? Well, the story is, the story is, of course, is that James Forrestal became, had, had what they used to call a nervous breakdown and um, was hospitalized at Bethesda Naval Hospital. And basically they, they stuck him in there. It started out really, was really bizarre. They started out with a series of very, very negative newspaper articles on him in, in, the, in 48 and 49, shortly after the formation of MJ-12, that basically said, you know, he was crazy, he was unstable. Um, even the author of this, these articles in the Washington Post and some other newspapers, essentially admitted to his underling, who was a guy by the name of Jack Anderson, who was a you know, huge investigative reporter during the Watergate era. He told Anderson that, you know, look, I don't, I, I'm just making all this stuff up. I was told to do it. It's apparently really important to the government, and I'm doing it. So all these phony charges were made up about Forrestal. He was hospitalized. They pumped him full of drugs, 
And then one morning they, they basically found him on a lower rooftop uh, where he had supposedly flung himself from a 16th uh, floor story window. And, and the thing about it that's really ridiculous is that there's, first of all, there's a couple of really good books about it with a lot of detail about what happened. But he was found, according to the initial police report, with his pajama pants drawstring around his neck. So he, he managed to strangle himself and then throw himself out of a 16th nice. story <laughs> window. So it's, it's clearly a murder. It's clearly not, um, not a suicide. It was absolutely a murder. And it, it, again, had to do with the fact that he, like Kennedy, believed that the American people in the world deserved to know that there were aliens and that they were visiting planet Earth and deserved to know that we were, you know, we were trying to do something about their presence and, and what they were up to. We're with Mike Barra. His latest work is called Ancient Aliens and JFK. Mike, when does this book hit the stands? Actually, it's out now. You can get it um, on adventuresunlimitedpress.com. It's the only place you can get it right now. You have to order it through them. It's not a pre-order. They've got them in stock, and they will ship them to you right away. And then it comes out everywhere else, like amazon.com, on September 1st. So it's out and available right now, but only through David Hatcher Childress's adventuresunlimitedpress.com. Did you come across any documents that would have purported that Marilyn Monroe also knew about the ETs through JFK, and was about to go public with it. Well, that's a really strong rumor that's been around for a long time, you know. And, and you know, there's, of course, rumors that, that Robert F. Kennedy was actually with Marilyn Monroe shortly before she was, quote, found dead. There's lots of rumors that she actually had some um, needle marks on her arm where they injected her with something to, to kill her. But, you know, again, those, those stories are plausible, but they're not substantiated. So it's the kind of thing where... Uh, to my mind, you really can't go all the way there um, because, you know, again, Marilyn was having an affair with Jack. She was having an affair with Bobby. And, you know, I, Teddy I don't know about, but, I mean, she kind of went through the whole Kennedy family. And I think I think what's fascinating is that I, I believe she was in love with Jack. I really think she was. And she had it in her mind that she wanted, she wanted to be the first lady. She did. She wanted yeah. to marry him. And, and you know, Jackie and, and uh, Jack Kennedy, went, they went through a lot, um, mostly to do with, with John F. Kennedy's own sort of personal peccadilloes. I mean, it's, it's his, so in, his infidelities. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he, he, he was such a, a contrast as a man. He, he was such a, an inspirational leader and such a, 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 a person of high ideals as a political figure. But as a person, he had just terrible. He's out of, out of control personally. It, it really was. And it was, it was more than just a, a sex addiction or a sex obsession. It was way more than that. I mean, he was just way out of bounds with things that he did. He very, very callous toward Jackie at times, you know, and, and it's, it's hard to, to sort of, um, for me anyway, to wrap my head around the fact this is the same guy who made these great speeches and wanted to achieve these great things and went to war almost from the beginning of his presidency with the uh, the insiders the deep state and MJ12 how do you how do you get the same guy out of that i think that's why i think he remains one of the most fascinating personalities um, in in american history if not world history listen to more coast to coast am every weeknight at 1am eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more